Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Every time we begin to talk about the grace of God and from the very beginning, Whenever the grace of God is preached, there will always be a group of people that hear what is being said about grace as if it is a license to sin. Praise the Lord. In fact, from the very beginning, um, Paul was accused of the same thing. And uh, a lot of people would hear him preach because this revelation of God's grace, and especially to the Gentile church, first came out clearly and powerfully by the Apostle Paul. And so many of his counterparts would hear him preach and would feel like Paul is telling people, go on and sin because if you do, then God's grace begins to abound even much more. And so Paul tries to counter that, but he doesn't counter it by saying, let's not talk about grace. Rather, he keeps saying, let's talk about it even the more. Praise the Lord. Because the right understanding of grace will help you understand that there is another wonder of grace. Say so the first wonder we looked at was salvation. Salvation is a wonder because it comes to us free. Then, but the reason it comes for us free is because of the wonder of substitution. And that is the idea or the fact that one man can stand in for many. Just as by one man's disobedience, sin entered the world and by sin, death also entered. Even so, much more by the obedience of one man, many will be made righteous. And so you realize that we are acceptable before the Father. We are accepted in the Son. Uh -huh. We are acceptable to the Father because we are accepted in the Son. And so being in Christ Jesus then makes us acceptable in the Father, why? Because of the next wonder, and it is the wonder of good works. Good works. Good works is really the exercise of righteousness. That once I have been made the righteousness of Christ, because he made him the wonder of substitution. He made him who knew no sin to be seen for us that we may become 
the righteousness of God. And the expressions of righteousness come out in good works. Therefore, James will tell you, you tell me you have faith and you have no works. I will show you my faith by my works. Do you understand? And so uh, we will have to go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and begin from verses 8 and uh, read it and then you are going to see how wonderful this is and so beautiful, so incredible. Hallelujah. He says in verses 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. You see, it's not of works, lest anyone should. But so there is nothing we can do that would make us acceptable before God. In fact, the good works, before we even mention the bad works, before we mention the bad works, the good works themselves are like, uh, how do I put it and don't sound? But that's how the Bible puts it. The Bible says the good works are like women's menstrual pads before God. That's how the Bible puts it. And so translators can't put it that way because it, you, you hear how it sounds now. So they say filthy rags. Those are the good works. We haven't even begun to talk about the bad. The good works are just smelly before God, stinking, nasty, like don't even imagine, it's bad. That is good works if you are trying to use them to win acceptancy before God, it stinks. And therefore, salvation comes to us merely by grace. Why? Because one man stands in, in a perfection and perfected righteousness. Understand? And so we come into this man, then we carry a righteousness that is not ours, but it is his righteousness. A certain man said, we carry an alien righteousness. It's not ours, but we carry it. Ours would be stinking, but we carry his. Now, as we carry this, he says in verses 10, Chapter 2, verses 10. That's where my main assignment today is. He said, we are saved by grace through faith. And that's not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. Lest anyone should boast. Verses 10. For, because, for, God, for, we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this is amazing. In just that small phrase and sentence, Paul downloads three main things that you must understand when grace comes to you. It makes you. So you must understand who you are because of grace. Number two, it shows you how you become who you are because of grace. Yeah, so number one, it makes you who you are. It turns you into something who you are. And two, it shows you in that verse how you are made what you are. And number three, it shows you why you are made what you are because of grace. So let's go back. Number one, he says, 
What are you? You are, for you are God's workmanship. We are God's workmanship. Okay. I am God's workmanship. Do you know what workmanship means? Uh, may I have the drummer? Please come. So, can you show us, with your drums, I want you to show us what it would look like to be a good drummer. Because I want to show you what workmanship looks like. Okay? Give me a lingala groove. Yes. Can you do that again? Uh, the bassist, can you add something to it? Yeah? We're like, like not, not this one, do, do, eh? but workmanship. That shows you are. Eh? Okay? Two, three, go. Uh huh. Standing up? Do, 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 you, do you feel like dancing? Because of their workmanship. So workmanship produces something admirable. Because Paul focuses on God and what he does. Workmanship produces a masterpiece. You are God's Man, like, is that the best you can do? Is that, is that the best you can do? Or is there something that, uh, that is like, ah, Musum, but this one, eh? Is that the best? Uh, are you able to do something that even these people will say, ah, this drama they brought today, let them remain at the city church? Eh? You, you try, try. Yeah? Just add something that, uh-huh, two. I didn't tell them, so. encounter what he has done you like you appreciate you are God's workmanship you see in the flesh as Adam Adam was God's workmanship created out of clay out of dust and so he says from dust to dust. Okay? When it comes to you, you are a masterpiece. 
sometimes you don't feel like it. But man, you are God's masterpiece. Ten million dollar artwork. This is why when you abuse his masterpiece, he takes it personal. Because you are God is like in serving you, in bringing salvation. This is salvation is the height of God's work. Serving you, bringing you into his fold is the epitome of God's function. You are God's masterpiece. It is that the Lord placed his hand on you and worked something in you that produces something that even when the stars look, you are glorious. Ooh, I love it. Praise the Lord. But how does he do it? How does he do it? He says, created in Christ. You are created in Christ. While Adam, the first man, was created in dust and mud. And woman was created from the rib of a man. The spiritual man, the born again man, is created in Christ. This is a very powerful reality, a very, very powerful reality, because it means that the ingredients that form who you are are called Jesus Christ. So that I may be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own. But a righteousness that comes through faith in him. That on the day of your salvation. God is molding and forming and turning you into Christ-likeness. That is why you can be called a Christian. This is, in fact, Paul calls it a great mystery. It's a mystery which other generations and ages were trying to look at. The prophets prophesied it by thinking, how would this be that a man would be so united in, and in union with Jesus and with God that they would walk in similarity and in sync so that as he is. Do you understand? Because when you understand this, then you understand the implications. Why then he would say, now I send you. I send you because he is 
going with you and he's, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. Yeah, I, you are carrying what I have been carrying. The work that I started here on earth, Jesus says, is going to be continued through you with the same power, with the same anointing, with the same... Oh, no, 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 no. He says, greater things than these shall you... If you are not doing greater things, it's because you haven't yet found yourself. But today you are finding yourself. Today you are discovering it. How can you be frightened? How can you be scared? How can you even be stopped? You are God's workmanship. You are created in Christ. You are created in Christ. Oh, someone pray that this will be a revelation that dawns upon you. And it says... That is how you are created for a reason. You are created in Christ for good works. For good works which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. The good works. So, the good works are the result of grace, not the cause of grace. The good works are results of grace. In other words, if I want to see the evidence of God's grace on your life, now I need to look for the good works. You get it? So the evidence that you are actually in the grace of God are the good works. Because whatever God creates, after he says, wow, this is good. Do you get it? And so there is no confusion. We enter not by any works we have done. We come in because he just had mercy on us. There is nothing in us that is deserving of him except that love has ex been expressed in great mercy, therefore extending unto us a grace we do not deserve. And yet once that grace comes in, we are recreated. And that recreation then begins to manifest in us as good works. So we begin to do good. That's why the Bible tells us that all creation groans and waits for the manifestation of you, the sons and daughters of God, created after his image, created in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you are created for good works. The good thing with Apostle Paul is that whenever he's writing, he begins by giving us the theory or the theology of what he's talking about. The reality of what has happened to us. And then as he comes to the end of his letters, then he begins to give us the practical expressions of what grace would look like in our lives. Therefore, if you want to see a sample and an example of good works, 
we have to continue reading Ephesians. And as he comes to the end of the description of who we are, he then gives us what the practice would exactly look like. So to do that, we will have to come to Ephesians chapter 4 and start from verses 17. He says, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles. Why? You are now different. You get it? So grace has recreated you and turned you into a different man, now we can testify that you can no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles, uh, saying in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, like they are walking, like you can't walk like you don't know. Because these things are true of us. So you can't walk like you don't know. In the futility of your mind, saying, having their understanding darkened, uh, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greed. But... You have not so learned Christ. So you see the parallels that you are created in Christ so that you are an expression of Christ. I have been created in Christ so that I am an expression of Christ. So he says, but you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have had him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Christ that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man. You see that? That you put on the new man who was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Right now, when we look at you, you are created according to God. In other words, the specifications and ingredients that now make up the content of who you are are God's. You are created according to God. In other words, you are God where you are. I'm telling you, when you understand this, it is going to change your whole system. Because you can now realize you are according to God. Like, you are according to God. That's why you can stand in Luzira and say, this will not be. You, you, you can command the weather. Reinhard Bonke's Protege, what's his name? Uh, Colander. The guy came to Gulu and it began to rain. He had a crusade here in Uganda, in Gulu. The rain began coming and the crusade is going on. You know what that dude came? He, he was sitting on the stage, the worship team was singing and the rain began coming. You know how Uganda rain comes, eh? Like you see it coming. It is 
and it is heavy drops. That man stood on the stage and said, you will not get to this ground. And handed back the microphone to the worship team. And the rain rained in all of the town of Guru, except on Kaunda grounds. Except people looked at that thing. Even up to now, they are still testifying. about. They say, A man came here, rain rained all around except on this ground. Do you know what it means? When you see, you see the rain raining around you, and you who are here, it is shining. And you, when you hear something like that, you are thinking, eh, that is a man of God. Who are you? Let me tell you, we are waiting for you. There's still just a few of us who are exercising these things. We are waiting for you. Look at your neighbor and tell the neighbor, I am waiting for you. You are created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So he says, so now you put off the other old nature. Put off the other old man. You have an old man who was created according to Adam and, uh, and dust. And that one is susceptible to deceitful lusts. But now, put on the new man. Which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, the exercise of righteousness and holiness is the expression of my true nature. Good works as a gift of God's grace. And so then Paul begins to spell these things out for us one by one. Number one, he says to us, good works, just put away lying. What verses 25? Therefore, let's read it together. Uh -huh. Therefore, uh-huh. To his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Good works. Don't lie. Do you know, lying is so funny. Most of the times, most people who lie, they don't actually need to lie. You just, like, you lie. Even you after you lie, you are like, oh, why? I should have actually just said this. You understand? Are there any? Okay. <laughs> You understand? So that's a good work. That's just don't lie. Put away lying. Do you know the second one he says to us? The second one he says is like, you be angry, but do not sin. Like the problem is not being angry. You be angry. You you can be angry, okay? It's okay. Even Jesus was angry, slapped some people, poured some, but don't sin. And then, too, the other thing is make sure you see where the sun is at the time you get angry. You understand? It's just simple. When the sun goes down, close that chapter, move on. But when the sun goes down, let your wrath go. Leave it. That's a good work. That's a righteous man. That is a man walking in grace. Do you know what it takes when someone has really got on your nerves eh, and it comes to evening and you're like, hi. <laughs> I am done with this. I am telling you, it is a work of grace. So walk in the grace. Walk in the newness. Do I give you another one? I have about 10 of these. Verses 28. Don't steal. Yeah. It's don't steal. Rather, instead of stealing, 
Just turn it around. Work with your hands what is good. That you may have something to give to the one who don't. In other words, whenever you see lack, it, let me tell you, this is a great mystery. Whenever you see lack in your life, it is God's invitation for you to meet other people's needs in that very same area. Do you understand that? That's why me, I tell people, if you see that you don't have school fees, don't pray for school fees. Uh -uh. Say, Father, I thank you. I am going to take a hundred children to school. Now start working. Do you understand? Lord, give me the tenacity to build homes for people. Don't pray, Lord, I need rent tomorrow. Rent. No. I know the landlord needs rent. You, you don't need rent. Okay. Good works. Let's go back to good works. It's good works. He says, don't steal. Don't steal. Just rather work. It's good works. That's the exercise of grace. Hallelujah. Uh, number four, mind your words. Look at your words. Measure your words. He says in verses 29, he says, let no corrupt word proceed from your mouth, but that what is necessary for good edification that it may do what? Impart grace to the hearers. So when you're going to speak, understand who you are and know what you are about to do. Don't show them the other side. Show them grace. No, show them the impartation of grace. Have you ever met someone who is very angry at you and they come full gear and you give them a smile? Okay, have you ever encountered someone you are very angry at but they come, hi, how are you? Like, impartation. You're like, touch. That is a good work. It's a gift of grace. Wow. Hallelujah. Wow. Uh, and by the way, he says, you know, when you don't mind your words, what happens, uh, are you guys, especially gentlemen, because ladies have a way with words that is just like overt, like out there. But gentlemen, they have a way with words that doesn't even seem like they have hurt someone. Because for them, they're still laughing. But when in reality, they have given you a thing. Get it? It's lethal. Mind your words. And make sure that the words impart grace. And he continues saying, because if you do that, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, you see, the reality is you have been sealed. So even when some words are coming out of your lips, there's a seal that is still on you, the seal of the Holy And he says, don't grieve him, because you, you are having fun at the expense of another man, and the Holy Spirit is like, really? You get it? We are talking about good works as the gift of God's grace. Should we continue? And uh, chapter 5, he again continues and says to us, Therefore, 
Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But, so you see, his but is a contrast, okay? So he contrasts love because he commands us to love one another, but if you are not careful, you may get that love and corrupt it and push it into fornication. Oh, yes. says, but fornication and all uncleanliness or conversiousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting of saints. So you see, we have already established that you are a saint. Now, this person we are telling not to fornicate is a saint. Do you get it? It means there are certain fornicators who are saints. Oh yes, like you are a saint, but you are a fornicating saint. You hear even, even you hear, like the two words don't even seem to fit in the same. Paul is saying that let fornication, or these things should not be, be as, not even mentioned, as is fitting of saints. By the way, do you know that fornication and adulteries are really signs of an inferiority complex? Trying to seek approval and acceptancy from another other than God himself. You're trying to find intimacy from another source rather than Christ himself. And therefore, you have a very low appreciation of who you are. Like you've placed a very low price on yourself. That's what fornication is. It is selling yourself short. It's a work of grace because I remember Apostle Mitala used to have this camp called Glovimo. It was the glory of virginity movement. By the way, I got a lamp for Glovimo. Now, if you are not there, you don't know what it means. For us, the Glovimo, we know what it means. But you know what is funny? I had a group of friends that in the very camp that was talking about the glory of virginity movement is where they would hook up. Oh, yes. And then there was also this movement that used to meet at the conference center that used to say, love waits. True love waits. And they had all these badges. Eh? And it is so funny because they would go to meet at the conference center for true love waits to meet the ones they will love. The reason I'm saying this is that until you are infused with real grace, you will hear these words and yet still be looking around the church for my nice girls. Hallelujah. But it says, to not fornicate is a good work and it's a work of grace. Number six, he says, wives, submit to your husbands. And husbands, love your wives. By the way, he spends a very big time on fornication. Because all the way from verses five, chapter five, verses uh, three, all the way to verses uh, 21, he is talking and addressing fornication and uncleanliness. And then in verses 22, he says, wives, 
It's a good work to submit to your husbands. A good work. You were created for, before, to submit. And husbands, it's a good work to love your wife. Translation, give her money. Number seven, children, obey your parents. That's a good work. Number eight, parents, raise up godly children. That's a good work. Number nine, if you have a boss, obey your boss and do your job. Do a good job at your workplace. That's a good work. <laughs> your report, because of grace, because you are born again, your reports should be the first ones in and the best because of grace. You are a saint. And number 10, if you are a boss, treat your workers fairly. He says, and you masters do the same thing, eh, things to them, giving up threatening knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Hallelujah. So I have given you 10 examples that Apostle Paul gives us as examples of good works. And he says we are created in God for good works. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.